Testing, testing. Is this side of the mic louder? Or is this side of the mic? Hello, side, hello. This side of the mic is louder. This side. This okay. is loud. <clears throat> okay. So Maggie, you just have to be kind of here. Is this good? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you, you know the song? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna sing the song. Okay. <clears throat> What? what? Let's try to start the same. I'm not gonna be able to do it. What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? That was really good. You really like joined me in the key eventually. I tried. Thank you. Um, should I do an intro or should we just barrel into a conversation? We're just gonna have a conversation and we'll discuss. The week, I will just briefly say that today we have on a guest who I honestly thought we'd already had on. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost unbelievable that this person hasn't been on the podcast because they're probably the name mentioned most frequently on the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and say. Dance icon. Um, we're being joined today or blessed today by um, Maggie Cloud. And you're all thinking, now that's a name I know, right? <laughs> now that's a name I've heard and never understood who you were talking about. <laughs> um, so, Maggie, hello. Hello, Reed. What day of the week is it? It's Tuesday yeah. today. And I'm at your apartment. You're here. You have new cats. Yes, the cats are also here. <laughs> and Tavish is in the shower. He is. I, you made me chicken and dumplings for dinner. Yeah. What a treat. They are all right. Yeah, by um, Rick Martinez from Bon Appetit. So if, if any of you need a chicken and dumplings recipe as it turns to fall, I have to say, there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's literally like dictionary chicken and dumplings, light dumplings, good broth. It was excellent. Thank you. Yeah. And afterwards, we're going to have um, delicious dessert from Cafe d'Avignon, which is the best bakery in the area, I'll say. Is and I've true? never been. That's insane. It's at Essex Market. Yeah, I haven't been there. Do you go in Essex Market? Yeah, sometimes. Interesting. <laughs> As I walked from Essex Market to your apartment, I thought, well, yet again, I was struck by, like, this is the best neighborhood in New York. There's a lot around. I That stretch of land on, what street is that? Deland, Essex. Essex. This is Essex. Yeah. Between... Delancey and your home there used to be nothing and now there's like uh, there's a taco shop every other shop there's two kinds of boxing you can do there's like a reading room for orthodox Jews yeah there's a grumpy cafe there's um a fancy like hipster boutique that had like a television set from the 90s in the window so you know it's cool um what else did they have there's, well, the vegan Mexican. Down, directly, directly downstairs. Delicious restaurant. Couldn't be closer. Do you order in from there? Uh, sometimes we'll pick it up. Well, yeah, that, I yeah. guess that makes sense. Can you imagine One time I did in? order delivery. <laughs> no. It was the night of the um, election, and I was, uh, I was having a stressy time. Yeah. And I just really needed some nachos, and I, I didn't want to leave. I thought about the election recently because... Why did I think about that? Oh, I was watching a CNN thing about how 
this is dark, everybody. <laughs> to really, the quick turn. I'm sorry, but how, like, what Donald Trump has done will, like, basically is irreparable damage to our, like, democracy. Because now, like, half the country just, like, doesn't believe in democracy, essentially. They don't believe that our elections are real yeah. and fair. And, like, there's no amount of, like, trying to convince them that will convince them, you know? Isn't that crazy? It's really sad. They, like, don't believe it. Yeah. Even now, after that crazy audit in Arizona, do you know that that happened? No. Oh, okay, so so they did this, like, ridiculous audit from, like, um, some private um, contractors were like, "We're we're gonna recount the votes. And somehow, like, that's a legal thing that can be done. And they, like, get access to the ballots... And they were, like, counting them and, like, not letting people, like, watch. But then they were breaking the rules, so they had to let, like, uh, vote police kind of, like, observe the tabulating. And after months and months of recounting every single vote by hand, they were like, Joe Biden won. Yeah, it's been a year. Literally. (laughs) They were like, oh, yeah, you were right. And by more votes than they'd originally come up with. And it was like, this is insane that you're wasting everybody's time. Anyways. But any, our democracy is destabilized. It may never be better before we die. But as I was saying today, life is long. And so I had to have nachos walked up to my house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Two flights. <laughs> um, sorry, everybody. I'm sorry to even talk about Donald Trump, but he still exists. Maybe he'll die. Eventually. He's not in good he health. He can't be, yeah. No. So Maggie, you're a health person because you care for people. I do. What do you, what's your job now? I'm an acupuncturist. Yeah, that's right. Okay, wait, before we go into like what you do, I'm supposed to do this thing with my guests now where I where I try to tell your life story quickly. Yes. In a minute. Okay. I'm excited. And then you're gonna correct me. <clears throat> okay? So here we go. <laughs> what's my life? I'm gonna be like I there's huge gaps. <laughs> huge gaps. <laughs> <laughs> Although I met you when you were quite young, so like, you know. Okay, Maggie Cloud, born in Florida. Already wrong, I saw it in her eyes. Grew up in Florida, and the next thing I know is that, oh, also Maggie has a little sister. Maggie went to um, um, famous Florida school. (laughs) What's it called? (laughs) FSU. And was the star of the dance program and is on the brochures. And then Maggie was ADF person. Maggie must have moved to New York shortly after graduation because she was so young when she started to create waves in New York. So young. Though now I'm again having doubts. (laughs) Um, Maggie Cloud then... I, I can't remember the specific moment when we met. I really literally can't, but there were bangs. There must have been bangs. And suddenly Maggie started appearing in all of the dances I liked the best in New York. And I think mostly because of Maggie, to be honest. But So I'm just going to quickly try to go through uh, some of the dances that I remember you having been in. Okay. With or without bangs. <laughs> With and without bangs. 
so there was um, one of the very first things I saw you in was Sarah Mitchelson backwards triplets at the Whitney. You were very young. Your bangs were clipped back in bobby pins, parted in the middle. I think that's correct. And wearing a long sleeve leotard and just backwards tripleting at the Whitney with hyperextended elbows. That's what I remember. What an incredible show. I'll never forget it. I'm haunted by it. Same. Yeah. Then, Maggie Cloud, I remember you in... These are going to be out of order, but I remember you in this quartet that Jillian Walsh made at Abrams Art Center. That must have been part of Emergency Glitter or Real... Oh, it is glitter because you couldn't do um, Burr's Dance, which is also... Which is called... What's it called? Not Shimmering Islands. Really? Yeah. Shimmering Islands, which I'd already seen you do at Dance Space. Um... And then you couldn't do it for emergency glitter, so I did it, which is incredible. Thank you for the opportunity. And you um, did that quartet for Jillian, and you and Mickey haunted this, the perimeter, and you did these like very high devil pace to the front, like karate style. And that's what I remember. That's all I remember about that dance. <laughs> Sporty Spice. Yes. Was your hair in a ponytail? I don't think so. I feel there were maybe bangs. There were still bangs. Okay. So also an incredible piece I remember. And you know, I remember anything. Then I know that you and I were in a dance for Burr at a, in a, in a hotel (laughs) ballroom. We'll tell that story later. Then you were in a Neil Medlin dance that I loved very much that had Pina Bausch references. Then I remember you in the John Jasper's quartet at Nyla for which Stuart won a Bessie and you did not, though you were nominated, as was I, for something else, we're losers. <laughs> and um, you were also in many of Pam's works. You were in Passagen and The Red Velvet with Bangs, and also in the Travertine version with Bangs. And then you were in um, Guggenheim Dance, which is a, well, that was the dance when I was like, Pam's incredible with bangs then you were in (laughs) then you were in Goldberg Variations without bangs that's correct yeah without bangs and also I remember you in what other dances I just saw you on the beach in Mariah's show and also, you were in my Guggenheim show and Cunningham show. Every meaningful dance experience I've had on stage, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I even tried to get you a job at the Larla Lubavitch Dance Company so I could have more meaningful <laughs> moments on stage. Um, but you were too young. You were just a child. Yeah. So then you went to <clears throat> um, acupuncture school and you said... I'm leaving the dance world behind and I'm caring for people and having some stability and you graduated top of your class and I saw you for treatments when you were being trained and now you're doing another kind of schooling in more alternative medicines, herbs, herbs. And then you're going to have a certificate for that and then you'll be unstoppable and then there's going to be like the Maggie Cloud Center for Cloud Healing, right? Yeah. And now you're cat mom. You live on um, the Lower East Side. You used to live in all variety of Brooklyn's, often with Burr. 
sometimes not. Um, and that's kind of most things that I know. That was, yeah, was that good? That was pretty good. Okay, well, you're going to have to f- flesh out the beginning, because that's what I don't know. <laughs> I just want to say, it's so funny, you're, the bangs were so... One more thing. Okay. I'm sorry. I also remember you in that Jillian piece at Dance Space with the Fog, uh-huh. which was no bangs. No bangs then. Excellent dance. <laughs> also another excellent dance. Okay, go on. But I was like, yeah, I was trying to remember when we met, and I can't remember the moment either, but I feel like that when we, like, got to know each other was, like, when you were costuming that Shimmering Ireland show for Burr. Right. And you told me I should pin my bangs back, and Did I was I? like, yeah, and I was like, well, I, I don't know if they'll stay, and you're like, okay, you're having your bangs moment, and I, like, I really had to have my bangs moment. <laughs> <laughs> Every girl does. But now that I think about those two dances on that show, like, you needed to have bangs. I don't know. No, now no. I'm like, maybe like, just I like never. Visually. I got it out of my system. Like, honestly, when I was making the costumes for, for those dances, I had never seen those dances. Like, I don't even think I saw, like, a rehearsal, to be honest. Yeah. And then I was in the audience for the actual show, and I, I didn't anticipate it being, like, such a joyful dance, and you needed bangs for it. <laughs> it's lit. I mean, it's one of my top five dances, honestly. Yeah. That I've ever seen. And had the great privilege of dancing it. It's a fun one. And you can watch it online, everybody. Is that true? On Burr's website, maybe? Probably. I think it's, yeah. Watch Shimmering Islands. Somehow. All listeners, watch Shimmering Islands. It's an important work. Robin. <clears throat> Robin, Enya. Leaps. Sticks. It was. It's an incredible dance. Whales. 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 Um, okay, so what did I miss at the beginning? Go back to the beginning. Where well, were you born? I was born in Oklahoma. Even weirder. So weird. I live. I lived there for nine years. Where in Oklahoma? Edmond, Oklahoma. Where's outside that? Outside of Oklahoma City. I have a question. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas. Yes. Okay. That's correct. <clears throat> I was near. I was just almost there. Yeah. Oklahoma. Okay. So I, I was, you know, doing kid things there. I was in a competition dance studio. So okay, I was like, that is the thing I knew and left out. Yeah. Well. Because I've seen you do TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no way you can do it like Only that. Only competition dancers can, like, pick things up like that or something. Absolutely. Because, you know, it takes me... All the, t- the two TikToks I did, it took me, like, 17 hours to learn that 30-second dance. I'm slow, too, though. I don't believe it. It's true. Anyway, but you know how to move the hips. So you... Okay, Oklahoma till 9. Why did you move to Florida? Well, it was, like, my dad's job. We were, like, had to relocate. And we could have gone anywhere in, like, the south east region of the united states and we had family in sarasota my mom's cousin lived there Uh and we had just visited her and like had our like disney world vacation was that your first time (laughs) yeah (laughs) how many times have you been now uh, who knows upwards of 10 yeah really yeah because it's like you know the thing where people come to visit and they all want to go or like even like school field trips in florida it's like you You know i've never been really and this is interesting so the American Boy Choir School, where I was five grades five through eight, they do a floor. They used to do a Florida tour every year in the winter, <clears throat> and so there's two touring choirs, and one of the choirs would always go to Florida, and one would go somewhere else, which would sometimes be really cool, like Europe or like California or something, or sometimes they like upstate New York. But I was never in the Florida choir, <laughs> and they would always go to Disney World. So sad. So I've never been. Where did you get to go? One time I went to Poland and Czechoslovakia was at the time, the Czech Republic. And one time I literally went 
to upstate New York, I think, or something so lame. <laughs> I think, and one time I went to, like, the Heartland, which is, like, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Nebraska, uh-huh. Kansas, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So I know Florida. Yeah. I once went to Pensacola. Okay. Yeah, and I've since been to Miami to do costumes. Yeah. Which is fun. Miami's Actually, like, fun. I like Miami. Yeah. Well, you're from Sarasota? Sarasota. Is that where the college is? No. Uh, Florida State's in Tallahassee. So it's, like, up near the panhandle. Now, how did a star like you decide, I'm going to college in my home state? Did you, like, audition for Juilliard and stuff? I didn't. I kind of wish I had, but, you know, you can't really be in state tuition. Yeah. Did nobody, did you know about it, though? Were you, like, did you know, like, Purchase College existed or anything like that? Uh, I don't think Purchase was on my radar. I did, I looked at Barnard. And didn't get into Barnard. Oh, you're lying. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like academically. Oh, you're. You don't. I don't think it was like, like an audition thing. Right. You have to be like Columbia style. Yeah, I wasn't like that smart. Oh, I definitely went. My SATs were so average. <laughs> but Florida also has this pro. Or I don't know if they still do, but it was like it's kind of funded <laughs> by the lottery there, where if you get decent grades, they pay for quite a bit of your college wow. tuition. So my like college tuition was paid 75% by the Florida lottery and it was already like in In state state. so you paid like $75 to go to college yeah basically yeah wow got like conservatory training and who were like did you have a teacher that you liked there um yeah I liked a lot of people that were there who was there we had um well, Jerry Houlihan started when I was there. Okay. So <laughs> you were Larry Lubavitch dancer. Just doing that. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> um, who else? We had Tim Glenn. He taught um, Nikolai Technique. Incredibly. So crazy. Wow. What even is that? Uh, you, <laughs> you like, <laughs> spoke an arc and curve, and, like, it's very, like, shape-oriented. Or, that's well, like, it's okay. all about, like, just kind of, like, yeah. Nikolai's like predecessor Space. to Palabolus, <laughs> what have you, right? I guess, yeah. The work is. Wasn't it all those like really kind of like prop, that. weird, like tensile involvement? Yeah. All that stuff? Yeah. Interesting. I, I would be well. fascinated. I would love to see a class. I'll look it up on YouTube. Yeah. It was fun. I liked it. Um, and were you there with other like dancers we know? Um, Andy. Andy. Friend Andy. There. Uh-huh. Kit McDaniel. No one's heard of that person. (laughs) Kit, if you listen to this podcast, we adore you. Yeah, she's beautiful. Um, Who else? Michelle Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. She was getting her MFA when I was undergrad. So young. (laughs) We were all babies then. Um, Okay, so do you move to New York immediately following college? I did. I did like a semester in New York in my senior year. Where? It's like FSU and NYC program. Where do you, where do they have, what happens? You like, you find your own housing. Uh You meet like a couple times a week for comp classes. And like, I feel like there was like a history theory. Like in Sally Summer's living room. (laughs) (laughs) And then you, you also have to take like a certain number of classes per week and see a certain number of shows per week. And you have, they set you up with an internship and mine was at movement research. And did they have, like, specific shows they wanted you to go see, or you could just figure it out on your own? Um, we, I feel like they mostly got tickets for us. We, like, 
They were like, this week you're seeing Palabolas. Yes. You oh. go to every fall for dance and like... Oh, wow. You know. That's good. That's yeah. like a good education. You like usher a lot of shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you can take whatever classes. Were you scared? No, I loved it. You did? Yeah. You had friends. Where did you live? I lived in Astoria. Alone? With um, three other like girls that are in the oh, program. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Do they do that with most of the dance majors? Um, I feel like most people do go, but not A semester everybody. abroad. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, like, you graduate. Is that kind of sad, though, to leave your college behind for the last semester of school? It, it's the fall semester, oh. so I did go back. And then you get to have fun at school, say and goodbye. Like, Yay, bye, thank you. Were you, like, college-style? Like, did you go to, like, a football game? I have been to football games. It wasn't really, like, my scene, <laughs> per se. Right. That was, like, more my sister's thing. She was voted by the student body as the biggest fan on campus. Biggest fan? Yes. So your sister was school spirit. I was Becca Cloud's sister in college. Oh. Everyone knew Becca Cloud. Incredible. Yeah. Becca Cloud. Um, Becca's also a dancer. Yeah. Yeah. She dances. I saw Becca get her, like, very high up. Oh, those the, long legs. The Cloud Sisters are so flexible. <laughs> <laughs> How did they do it? Are the parents flexible? Uh, my mom, she was a gymnast for a while, and she went to college on a diving scholarship. Right. Did you have a moment where you were like, I'm going to be a ballerina? Yeah. I went, um, I guess in high school, um... That's kind of what I thought I would do. I and went then to, you got to college, you said I'm too cool. Too cool for school. I went to Houston Ballet, I went to Boston Ballet. I feel like in the mix of that, I was kind of like, I don't know. I think I just felt like I wasn't going to reach my potential in that. Like, I think you're absolutely right. So it was like, kind look of like... At, literally, did you hear the list that I said before yeah. of the things <laughs> you've done? It's crazy. You did all the best things. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> so I went to ADF, and then I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, learned what Other exists. ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it, who, well, I don't, we don't need to talk about ADF on oh, the podcast. Oh, the cats are in the sink. The cats are in the sink. We'll be, Maggie, so I'll be annoying. right back. Guys. I'm going to continue clearing my throat, which I know you love. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on. I'm having chicken and dumplings throat. Yeah. It's okay. I'll wash it down with chocolate cake later. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyways, then you, okay, did I go wrong or did I miss a lot of like dance projects once you became like, um, modern dance freelancer in New York Mm. and what kind of jobs did you ever have to make money? Oh my gosh. You had similar ones to me, I think. Probably. Like you, you were SVA figure model. Figure modeled. We can't are, believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't, but... Literally, how many scores of people have seen you fully nude? Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Horrifying. It's no, it's fine. Whatever. It's fine. It already happened. It's fully over. I was a hostess at Jane Restaurant on Houston uh, Street. Were you really? Yeah. Were you there with people we know? Catherine Partington worked there. I don't know who that is. She was in Shenway, but later. What? After oh, after you. Me. I'm so old. Oh. <sighs> yeah. Um, You're like, correct. (laughs) (laughs) I babysat a lot. Did you ever do catering? No. Oh. Didn't do that. But yeah, I think figure modeling is literally the best part-time work for me. That was my favorite. Yeah. It was just like quiet. It really depends on the situation. Really? Yeah. 
Why? I thought SVA was always like, well, I was mostly always working for Steve Gaffney's classes. Well, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to be Steve Gaffney's no, model? I mean, literally, I would like skip to Steve Gaffney's classes and be like, someone's going to compliment me. Yeah, he was like flatters you to death, and then Ugh. you're like, oh my god, I'm so beautiful. I totally, and you're like, and, and then you're obviously, like, I'm naked in front of a bunch of 18 year olds. You're like, I love <laughs> so being weird. stark naked for Steve Gaffney because we're definitely in love. Yeah. But he is married with children, etc. My God, and you know I took his drawing class after the fact. Oh right! Yeah, I went back and like a took, couple years ago. Yeah, before pandemic, I signed up and took like an adult. Um, what do they call that? Continuing education class at SVA to just like do figure drawing, and I took his class, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I literally wanted to take my clothes off and be the model. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing is, is he would like. You know what's interesting now that I think about it? Having been a figure model those years at SVA, like, uh, I think was part of what propelled me towards going to FIT. Because mm. I was like, yeah, I want to be the student in the quiet room drawing. I don't need to be the model yeah. in the room. And I thought, this is a good environment for me. And it worked out. So anyways, I went in, I took Steve's class and um he sometimes would sit next to you and like complete your drawing or like add to your drawing and you're like because we're in love you collaborating <laughs> we collaborating <laughs> he would like pull up like paintings be like you look like this painting and he'd be like stop like, oh my god <laughs> he would he would do this i remember one day specifically because you know i at the time i was wearing these like ray-ban glasses that were like a little clark kenty they were like dark the plastic was dark and I like walked in and put my bags down he's like oh you're all so lucky Reed's here today and um I like took off my clothes and he was like it's real like Clark Kent Superman vibes Reed and I was like wow (laughs) I was like I love you I love 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 you I also once had a weird teacher at Parsons who was like everybody that I'd never worked with them before and they were like oh okay nice to meet you I sat down I took my clothes off they were like everybody just draw his feet just like do the hands and feet these are these are the hands and feet you need to be drawn can I put my clothes back on I know I was like do I need to be (laughs) fully nude for you to draw my feet you know anyways did that ever happen to you um well, I don't know. I feel like I bore, I was in a couple of classes where they kind of, like, did, like, half costume things, where they would be, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like drape you with a bunch of tulle or, like, yeah, wear yeah, this, yeah. like, skirt with, like, ivy on it or something, oh, and then, totally. like, and then you're, like, up against the set. Did you ever, you never did John Ruggieri, did you? Because he only liked cute boys. I don't think so. He was, like, I did him a couple times, but, like, he was obviously obsessed with Burr. I mean, I think all the teachers were like upset. Did you ever walk into a room and see a drawing of Burr? Yeah. And you'd be like, what He's the like fuck? doing a back somersault. Oh, he'd have like one <laughs> leg behind his neck. And you'd be like, how long was that pose? You'd be yeah. like, 40 minutes. Oh my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever fall asleep while you were posing? Constantly. I did once. Oh, no, I did every time. Yeah. If I ever did a 10 minute pose or 20 minute pose, I would just <laughs> lay down. I'd be like, good night. Like, There's no way. I was a terrible... Eventually, I became a very bad, lazy figure model. I tried really hard initially, but I stopped trying. Yeah, no arching. Too hard. No twisting, no arching. Did you ever walk into a class and be like... They were like, oh, this class is actually going to be two models, and then it'd be someone you know? 
Um, I feel like, yes. What's his name? I want to say, like, Lonnie. Coupard? <laughs> like, no. That, like, dances for Lucinda Childs. Yes. Yeah, we modeled together <laughs> one time. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. One time Emily Wexler walked in, but I think she had the wrong room. Oh, that's too- I once modeled with Emily. Yeah. And I also once modeled with Christine Elmo. Oh. And it was like so dangerous. We were hysterically laughing because <laughs> the teacher would be like, Yeah, why don't you do something back to back? Because normally, like, they'll have you rotate. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, now this person, now that person. But I was in a class where they were like, let's have you two together. And then it's no breaks. No breaks and hysterical laughter. <laughs> it was so crazy. Anyways, I'm glad I did it. Like, I think it was really good for me, actually. Yeah. Sort of... In terms of, like, feeling comfortable with my body. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And I was quiet. And the students at SVA never talked to me. I didn't want to talk to the students. No, it's un- I needed it's, that boundary. You must have There's, it. like, some, like, drink and draw place in Brooklyn that I used to model at and um yeah I always felt so uncomfortable when they would come up and talk or like offer you a uh-huh. drink I'm like yeah I actually don't want to be in this like situation I, it doesn't feel safe I've been a few times to the like um to the LGBT center in um where is it it's on like right by St. Vincent's Hospital on four- yeah. 14th Street or something yeah and I've been to their, like, drawing sessions on Saturday morning. But it is just, like, it's a bit of a scene. Sure. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, the models are, like, full, like, conversation with people at breaks with, without no putting clothes. clothes on. I'm like, put on your stuff. Yeah. That is, like, the first order of business on a break. You have to slip on your clothes. Were you a bathrobe person or were you, like, clothes? I had a robe. Oh my god, that's so like fancy pants. I never had I never had a robe. I always was like sweatpants and a t shirt. Hmm. And I always I was became very elegant at slipping on my sweatpants and t shirt. Yeah. Just like quickly. Oh my god. Anyways, we could talk about this. This should be the secret topic, but it's not. <laughs> oh boy. So wait, just before we start the secret topic. Yeah. Will you tell us um some of the people you dance for that I forgot? Um, well, you said Mariah, we worked together a lot. Really? Yeah. What other Mariah things did I forget? Um, we did, I was in a show of hers in, at St. Mark's, um, called Another Performance, an issue project room, and, um, we did Dance in Process, actually we had two shows at Dance Space, Encounter. Wow. Wait, do you see that she has something coming up this week? Yeah, I'm going on Friday. Oh, maybe I'll do that. I think I'm going at do 11. Do I need to like, get it at the night? In the night? At the morning. Oh, in the morning. <laughs> 11 in the morning. Yeah, it's like daytimes. Okay. Is it like very small groups of people? I'm not sure. Okay. I imagine. Where is it? Pace Gallery. It's on... Downtown. I think it's like 25th. And like it's west, like ten. Literally no idea. I've never been, but okay. Anyway, you can RSVP or you could register to be her muse. What does that mean? It's a tad participatory. She said. I saw that. Yeah, but I don't, don't know, know what it means. Okay, I don't think I'm gonna do that. Yeah, oh, I yeah. accidentally did, and then I said, actually, <laughs> I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> CMM changed my mind. Yeah. I, after watching Joanna's show, 
I thought, I want to be in another, I want to dance. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, but I, oh my God. Okay, this is what I was going to tell you that I stopped okay. myself from telling you before, tell me now. before the cameras were rolling, which is that I took Cunningham today. You did? In person at City Center Aww. from Carol. I need to go. I've been thinking about that. You can. There was only six people in class today. Wow. Yeah. In Studio 5 or whatever. Huge. You should come. That's so nice. Um, and Ryan played and it was wonderful. And uh, But my legs feel, I feel like I have kettlebells on my feet. It's crazy. Like, A of all, okay, basically I can't, my legs can't leave the floor. <laughs> it's just like my quad like becomes a rock and then jumping absolutely, hard absolutely not yeah <laughs> and also <laughs> releve to plie the action of releve to plie is no more mm-hmm. it's just like falling down <laughs> from space <laughs> literally i'm up i'm down <laughs> so that you know it's all negotiating failure. Yeah. I haven't danced since Venice. Okay, t- you went to dance again in a huge way. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah, a month? Two did months? It, it was the end of July. Did it feel super different? After like after the performance, was there one show? One show. One show of Goldberg Variations, Pam Tanowitz, in Venice, Biennale. Mm-hmm. Yes. And while you were doing it, we were like, this is different. My body's different. Yeah, you know, it's like, or I feel like, I don't know if this, if you feel like this, but it's like, I don't feel as, like, solid. I feel like I'm, like, gambling a little bit. I love that you said that as if, like, that was, like, strange. Yeah, but I feel like I'm just, like, I'm just, like, getting by. You just Just getting by. I mean, we were all there for 100 solos when I literally almost, I didn't (laughs) scrape by, quite frankly. There was a moment of just being, like, I failed. But you know what? I was there. You nailed it. No, I absolutely... That's the, not the word. But I had a good time, and it was fine. Yeah. God, that was nice. We had to share the stage. Yeah. That... Okay, so there's that we did together, which was important to me. Mm-hmm. There was... That we shared that role in Burr's piece. The... Well, yes, but then we... The Pierre Hotel. Oh, my God. Okay. So... Is it time? So important. <laughs> so... Years ago, Burr Johnson got a commission to make a... Spe- like, a site-specific dance for this dinner that was a fundraiser for like the Tel Aviv Art Museum or something because Burr had this like crazy boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) I said it quiet enough that they won't hear it um and so Burr asked Maggie and I to come and learn some dance moves and made a dance for this dinner Mm -hmm. it was they were eating dinner yeah and we went and literally like bought outfits at Uniqlo on the way to the venue. Some <laughs> monochrome. Uh huh. We wore our art judo shoes. <laughs> yes. As we do. And then we got to the venue, and we we must have done a spacing and stuff, and it was one of those bird dances that's like to the sound of birds. Or something. And I think it was like his dad telling the stories. Something. It was yeah, kind of ambient. Right. It wasn't a musical moment. It was sound. Yeah. And so then we like I don't even know where they put us to like get ready in some like room with chairs or I don't know. So we like, you know, wait <laughs> and then suddenly they're like, Okay, it's like time. So we go out. You might have to help me a bit because like I remember 
did they like light the space? It was basically like there was a dance floor in the middle mm-hmm. that was like a parquet, like placed floor, and yeah. then there was like dinner tables all around. Yes, and and we started the dance. Yeah, and, and everyone just kept eating. Nobody <laughs> looked at us. I feel like they were just. It was like still mid conversation. Everybody it was the like... sound of forks clattering was way louder <laughs> than the music, way louder, and I was like. What's happening? Meanwhile, and, we're incredible. Oh, well, it couldn't have been better. Also, the very, there's a video of this online. Do yeah. you know that? And um, so we're doing, like, you know, fun times, spooky Burr Johnson dance. And there was this, at the end, the, it was constructed in such a way that, like, I left, and then Maggie left, and then Burr left. <laughs> Except I left. And then I kind of, like, stood way to the side and sort of watched on the floor. Then Maggie left. And then Burr... (laughs) Burr had, like, um, a psychotic break. Well, it was like a Laura Dean moment. Like, spinning, spinning, spinning. Jumping, tours, spinning, absolutely exhausting himself. In order to, like, draw attention somehow. Like, I think he was determined to be seen, right? Yeah. By the people who hadn't watched. And, I mean, it was a fruitless effort. And then Burr came off, and we kind of, he seemed, you know, out of sorts. Very dizzy. Very dizzy. And so we all sort of... Staggering off the stage. (laughs) We walked into, like, one of the ballrooms where they had had, like, the pre-reception. And there was a bar, like, and, but no one was in there. And so Maggie and I are like, are you okay? Like, he looked crazy. And then Burr went behind the bar and, like, barfed into, like, an ice thing right (laughs) a vessel of ice and maggie and i are like laughing (laughs) (laughs) we probably could have been more helpful but it was just so crazy (laughs) anyways that's a good memory yeah that was fun and then you were in our kuggenheim show yeah twice two of them you were the only one who transcended a veteran you are you (laughs) are a reed and harry kuggenheim veteran and if we ever do another one you'll definitely be in it maybe it'll just be you and we'll call it an evening with cloud. <laughs> and all the costumes will allude to clouds. It'll just be you. There you go. Isn't that good? That's a good show. Maybe it's just you and me and, and Harriet. That sounds so much easier. Yeah. Right? It's hard to just organize stuff. I often look back on that um, first Guggenheim show. Because it was really good. It was. And it was really fun. I think it was fun. Anyways, you can also watch that online, everybody. Uh, Read and Harriet. Guggenheim. March 25th and 26th. Good memory. Thank you. Um, okay, you ready for this secret topic? Do you have anything else to tell the people? I don't think so. You can... <laughs> I'm curious. Are you scared? Do you have a guess? I'm nervous. No, you shouldn't be. Because I have been thinking about it this week, and I thought I thought of something incredibly obvious, and I was like, that's perfect. That's it. And then I thought more about it, and I thought, it's not nuanced enough. Like, what are we going to talk about? And so I came up with something else Okay, is in a way related. But um, do you want me to tell you what I thought it was going to be and then tell you what it is? Sure. Okay, I thought it was going to be clouds. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Which is is a good topic. Which is a good topic, right? But, you know, we can only go on for so long about the cumulonimbus. So we're going to talk today about um, 321 air travel. Air travel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I, I, cause I know you've traveled by air during this time. Yes. 
since pandemic struck. Yeah. What is your earliest known memory of air travel? Um, probably like flying from Oklahoma to Chicago to like visit my mom's family. How old are we? Like, I'm sure I don't remember the first several flights, but I feel like my first memory is maybe around five years old, uh-huh. something like that. Okay. Yeah. And was it a thrill? Yeah. Where you got a window I, like, seat. love looking out the window. It's yeah. incredible. It do, still to this day. I prefer the window. Really? And you do a look out? I do a look out. At the clouds? Yeah. <laughs> you have to connect with my own. But as a child, here we go, I guess we're combining clouds and air travel. Were, did you feel very, like, connected to the idea of a cloud because of your name? Maybe. Interesting. I mean, I certainly seem, if I, if I'm, I mean, I might be looking too deeply into this, but I feel like you've intuited the idea of a cloud into your dancing. Hmm. Effortless, sort of translucent, <laughs> like, <laughs> elusive, you know. Shape-shifting. Shape-shifting. <laughs> both, like, incredibly light and also incredibly ominous, you know, dark. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but also, um... What's that thing where you can't contain a cloud, right? That's, I guess, not a thing. I just made it up. But you can't. Right? Intangible or something. In, yes, like, words. Or how, it's in that song. It's like, I've looked no. at clouds from both sides now. <laughs> no. How do you, how do you cut how do, a cloud and pin it down? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Maria. There you go. How do you hold a moonbeam in your hand? Oh, cats. They love the Christmas bow. Oh, that's good. It's great when you can give a child just some trash and they yeah. go to town. Um, okay. My, you know, my mom used to put my brother and I on airplanes when we were really little. And you'd fly by yourselves. We'd fly by ourselves. You would, like, get the little wings. Have you ever done this? No. I was, I always, like, it was always a thing I was going to, like, do when I was a little older. And then oh. I feel like I was, like, <laughs> in high school by the time I actually flew by <laughs> And myself. then they were like, you don't get wings. Yeah, it was, like, great job. No, they do this thing where you... Your parent puts you on the plane in the old days, and maybe even today they can go through security. I'm sure they can as, as a parent. But you, um, when I first started flying, like, there basically wasn't security. I think you just sort of, like, waltz yeah. through a metal detector, or even, I don't even know if, yeah. you know. And anybody could go to the gate. And, you know, you could, be, you could be greeted by your loved ones at the gate when right. you got off the plane. But my brother and I would be put on a plane to Spokane, Washington to spend our summers in Idaho from when I was like three or four. But there's always a layover in Denver. And so at the layover, they're like, uh, don't get off the plane. So you have to be the last ones off the plane. And then the stewardess escorts you to one of those like cars in the airport that goes beep, beep, beep. Yeah. And then they drive you to the unaccompanied minor room, which is a place that they just house all the children. And you go into this weird room, and they have, like, cartoons on and snacks. Was it fun? Was it scary? I don't recall fun. Yeah. And I don't recall, like, making friends with anybody. I just remember just, like, you sit there for an hour, and you're, like... Well, my parents come. Oh, yeah. And then they go and put you on your next flight, and then, you know, your your aunt is at the gate to pick you up when you get to Spokane, Washington. And then you barf when you get into the garage because you ate a corn dog on the plane or something. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so as, as time's gone on, do you look forward to a flight? 
I, I like being new places. So I'm like, it's like the thing I kind of like, I don't mind the flight. Okay, so talk us through the experience from when you leave your apartment and like where there's anxiety and where there's not. Okay. Um, let's see. From here. Yeah. We've been usually taking cabs. Really? Yeah. To what airport? Or, um, we flew out of LaGuardia a couple of times. Uh-huh. I took the train to and from JFK. That wasn't too bad. I'm determined to always take public transportation to the airport for no reason. It's weird. It's like a, it's a tick of mine. Because, yeah. Like, always someone else is paying for it. Yeah. And yet, I'm like, I want to take the train. See, it's like, yeah, I did that too when we were going to Venice. I was like, oh, I'll just save the, the cab money. Yeah. <laughs> I take the train. But that's like, I get so stressed out about like, will the trains be running and how long is it going to take and all this and that. Yeah. I like to get there early. How early? Like. For domestic flight. Like hour and a half. International. Two hours. Okay, that's even normal. Is that normal? Yeah, that's normal. I mean, I know some people cut it close. Like Harriet is famously cuts it close. I mean, she's missed flights. Yeah. Which to me, I would, I would probably be sobbing. I, I don't know what would happen. I would literally sweat through my panties. Like it would be <laughs> terrible. But, um, like, yeah, Harriet has missed flights and also been like the last person to board where I'll be sitting there and be like, okay, she's not coming. Yeah. I've, I've run onto a flight to like <laughs> on tour, like last person. And I was like, this is never happening again. Oh God. Okay. So you're getting a cab. Mm hmm. And when you arrive to the airport, is there some excitement around checking in? Or are you one of those people who does, like, now, uh, digital check-in? I've been checking in before. On your phone? Yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean that you just walk straight to security with it on your with the boarding pass on your phone? You can. Never unless done you're it. doing, like, a bag check or something. But I've, I've started to notice that sometimes, like, this... I don't know. You could choose your seats for some, some You places. can change your seats. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You could get like stuck with whatever if you just show up. Or... Oh, on this recent trip I took, I changed my. I was on JetBlue. I was in one aisle seat, and I chose to move further back in the plane because there was just less people. You like the aisle. I like the aisle. Yeah. These days, I used to love a window, but now I like an aisle. So I moved back because it just was there was less people, and in either situation there was no person in the middle seat. So I was like, well, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. I get on the plane. There's someone in the middle seat. I'm thinking, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, whoever you are, switch to this seat? Anyways, yeah. go on. So you, you, you're doing regular check-in generally. I'm going to regular check-in. Which is nowadays just go to the magic screen. Yep. Scan something. Receive yep. a flimsy boarding pass. I'm going to take my bag on the plane. Always. <laughs> yeah. Boarding passes are now just like a receipt. They're not even a... They used to be, like... The cart... Like, yeah, cardstock. Card stock. Yeah. With perforated. Right. No longer. No. Um, okay, so now, for me, there's some excitement of, like, pulling up to the curb, checking in, looking at your seat in the magic screen. Then you get to the hellish moment where you're like, I'm going through security. Yeah. It's Which, a real hit-or-miss moment. Well, as people who live in New York, it's pure hell almost inevitably in any of our three airports yeah whereas if you're anywhere if you're in austin texas if where i what just was if you're in um portland oregon if you're in seattle if you're almost anywhere else 
You're going to have a pleasant experience going through security. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to be quick. There's like three people in front of you. Three, max. (laughs) And the people getting you through are going to be calm. You know, they're going to have clear instructions. In New York, it's chaos. Yeah. Total chaos. It feels like the end of the world. In Newark, they send you through a chute. Have you had this experience? No. In the JetBlue terminal? Where it's like the longest hallway in the world. And it seems to get narrower and narrower. Like that scene in Willy Wonka where they just keep walking until they get to, like, the smallest door that you can't actually get through, and then they're all sort of piled on top of one another. Do you remember this? Yes. That's what it feels like. It's horrible. It's like um, it's like how they get cattle to slaughter by squeezing them, you know, and then, like, sending them down a narrow path. Um, and so, okay. At this point in a post-9-11 world... To your knowledge, what are the rules of security? Uh, you gotta take your laptop out. Does that also mean iPad? And iPad, I think. Yes. <laughs> this is a quiz. And also Kindle. Kindle. Kindle, even. Any tablet. Anything bigger than a phone, they say. Yeah. And I've never been told why. <laughs> never been told why. You gotta empty your pockets. Yeah, that makes sense. Take your jackets, outer layers off. Uh-huh shoes off not in all cities well right sometimes in europe and stuff shoes shoes are fine wear a shoe but like the shoe thing also no one's ever explained that to me why am i why am i in my socks at the airport because you could have a gun a knife like gunpowder i don't know once you literally okay so now you're literally being x-rayed, right? Isn't that machine where that goes schwa, schwa? That actually is my favorite part of the security. Because you know they're looking at your naked body. You feel like a figure model. <laughs> like, I can stand on the pose. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm nailing it. Yeah, I, I like engage my lats. It's like, you don't have to tell me what to do. I know what to do. You're like, I can make that shape. <laughs> so. And the mat's kind of squishy in your socks. The mat socks. is squishy on the socks. I don't know. That's the kind of, I don't mind that part. And it means you're almost done. But isn't it also... Isn't the rumor that they can see you fully naked down in the wherever they are, the people looking? You didn't know this. I mean, I guess they can probably see an outline, but aren't they? It's probably not so clear. Like skin layers. See, not like so my clear. in my imagination, it's just like full porn, and they just have like huge databases of all the people of the world in that pose, just fully naked. You might be right. Arms overhead. <laughs> palms forward. Everyone in the same Do you do pose. palms forward or do you do fifth position? Palms, palms forward. forward. <laughs> do a little, like, Can pre-grand contraction. Do, like, beautiful fifth position. <laughs> um, so then after that part, I have to say I'm not opposed to a pat-down. I feel it's a minor thrill i don't think i've ever had to do that i almost i feel always getting pat down (laughs) i don't know why but especially like i feel like if i'm traveling with a group i always suffer the humiliation of being the one who gets pat down Mm. for some reason the people are always looking at me like oh look reed's getting pat down (laughs) no idea why um Okay, so then you get you get to the squishy mat and you think it's almost over. Yeah. And then there's that frantic moment of collecting all the things from your trays and trying to, like, yeah. get away from the conveyor belt. And then you're like, oh, my God, the person in front of me is blocking the whole thing. Because and their, my bags are coming out and their bags are here. Oh yeah. and my impression of being in line at security is that everyone else has never been on a plane. Do you know what I mean? 
when you're like going through security and the people in front of you you're like you've never traveled clearly <laughs> like everything seems to be a total surprise to them like they spend a million years at the like outshoot of the conveyor belt being like oh, I'm just literally putting on their shoes there I I do that Maggie I'm sorry I do I like I'll I'll have my ID and my my boarding pass and the thing and I'll put it in my pocket but put are my you, shoes are you on wearing a dance go? I'll put my laptop back in my laptop right there Maggie you're one of them <laughs> yeah no because I literally like to put it all in my arms like I'm running from the Gestapo or whatever and then I like go to a bench and I take care of it I will though scoot it down as things are coming out you must you I will must, I'm must. not like holding it up I'm okay. fast I believe I believe I wouldn't be bothered by you you might though by a cloud I probably wouldn't see you <laughs> Just drifting so swiftly yeah, away. <laughs> and do you have um, rituals once you're through security? What What do you like to do? Mm. Do you go into a Hudson News? Um, sometimes I'll usually get like a coffee or like some kind of food, a snack. Okay, here's a compulsion that I used to have. If I was on a morning flight, I always thought I'm not having breakfast before the airport because once I get through security, I'm gonna have an incredibly heavy breakfast I'm gonna get like an egg sandwich from the pizza place you know how like every restaurant just turns into like a bagel place yeah no matter what it is and then I would inevitably get like the most disgusting egg sandwich you've ever yeah it's microwaved it's $15 and then I would be like it just throw it in the trash and be like (laughs) I made that mistake yet again but here's another thing somewhat unrelated do you like an egg sandwich yeah can it be good I think it can so rarely good I have to say like I feel like I could make a really good egg sandwich but I would I want the eggs to be scrambled I don't want them to be in a cake I don't like it when it's in that kind of like folded rectangle I like hate foam when it's like that that's I the worst hate when the eggs are cooked into a thing I want them to feel real I want them to feel cloud like <laughs> <laughs> And I want it to be on, like, look, I w- I'm not mad if it's on a bagel. I'm not mad. I'm also not mad if it's on a biscuit, but it has to be good. Mm. Like, not a dense biscuit. Like, like a, a cheddar good. chive biscuit. Cheddar chive. So good. So good. And then I would need there to be some acid, like tomato, or something a little spicy. And I don't want too much egg. There's always too much egg. I'm like, who do you think we are? Like, how am I going to get my mouth around this? Did you ever go to Cafe Madeline on never, Cortilieu? Never, oh. Down in Ditmas? On Cortilieu? It's like, on Cortilieu. Near the farm? Uh, but it's, like, closer to the train, the other way from the train. Oh. They had the best egg sandwiches on biscuits. Do you think it's biscuits. still there? Yes. Well, maybe I'll try it. Stuart now lives near there. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we, you should go get a biscuit. Okay. I'll try it. I'll let you know if it's okay. Okay. So you're getting a coffee and a snack. Mm-hmm. Are you getting your snack at like a Sbarro? Are you looking for a kind of like restaurant that has tubs of food, or are you just going and getting like a bag of almonds? I'm getting like a bag of almonds, basically. Would you like ever a little get? Snack. Would you get like a prepared sandwich from those like almost food vendor things? I'm. I definitely have done that. Yeah, those are bad. Yeah, those are terrible. No airport food is good. The coffee's always terrible. You know where airport food is good in Austin? Mm. Airport food, I believe, is good in Seattle. That's a, that's a, I might be making that up. (laughs) But there's a couple airports where they've like, they've installed some like good eateries. 
but New York is a huge fail. Yeah. Huge fail. Oh, actually, when you get off the plane in San Francisco, there's always, like, very nice foods. But they, like, value food there. Yeah. New York is perhaps the worst. They're like, you get just some trash. It's grim. Have you ever... um, Okay, wait. Let me just get through the order of events. Do you like to wait for people to board or do you like to board when they call your group I I think I board when they call my group and have you made heads or tails of why I do why, that no, no, no. why <laughs> do they board not from the back of the plane it's, I don't know this is to punish poor people yes right yeah it's punishment it takes way longer it takes forever and the, the, I hate when I like Okay, so I'm, like, last aboard, and then there's, like, no more room to, like, put the suitcase, so then you have to check the bag, or they're looking for, like, volunteers to check Terrible. the bag. Terrible. So annoying. Do you do that? Sometimes you have to. JetBlue just did a thing when I was flying back from Austin. There was, like, groups A through F. I was group D, and they said, anyone traveling in groups E and F, if you have more than one personal item that can fit below the seat in front of you, you have to come up and check it for a fee. Oh, no. For a fee. No. And I was like, who would do that, Aval? That's like, no. Yeah. They can't force the poorest people on the flight to now pay because they don't have enough overhead room. Meanwhile, there was plenty of room. There was plenty of room. There was lots of empty seats. So they were lying. That's messed up. Also now the whole, like, traveling's already been, like, so precarious since 9-11 but now it's been made even worse by like having to be in a mask the entire time and like they don't serve food i mean they serve a snack they did they served a cracker yeah is there a is there an airplane snack you're fond of the go-to um i like the popcorners that's very jet blue isn't it (laughs) or like virgin atlantic (laughs) jazzy snacks i feel like virgin atlantic's like terra chips or something Mm -hmm. like blue terras Mm mm-hmm um, I, I'm a sucker for a Biscoff. Mm. Those are an incredible Delta treat. Um, Those are yum. What did I get on this past flight? Um, Cheez-Its mm-hmm. and some kind of like granola bar, I want to mm. say. Interesting. They were offering an oat bar, they were calling it. I can't remember if it was chewy or crunchy. I think it was really sleepy. <laughs> Doesn't matter. No, I was watching his dark materials on the flight which is uh, based on the Golden Compass. Anyways, and are you uh, watch movies the whole time, or do you read a book, or do you do a crossword, or what do you do? I'll read a book for, like, ten minutes, and then I'm like, okay, time for the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it used to be, like, this incredible treat if you had a screen on a plane. And when I was young, they would there was just, like, um kind of universal screen sort of in the center. Did you ever have that experience? Yeah, like at a charter bus or something. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were bigger. They weren't like just a TV tucked up ahead, oh. up, up high. Uh-huh. There would be like at the head of each section. So you know how there's always that, that those set of seats that have like the lots of leg room that butt up against a wall? Yeah. Up against that wall, they would project the movie. So if you were sitting in that seat, you were literally like in the movie. Front row. Front row, front row seats. <laughs> um and when I was young, that's how they would show the movie. So, like, if you were far back into the side, it was a real, like, well, I'm not watching this movie. Yeah, too much work. So to have a screen 
and to have it not only there must have been a period of time where you they had the screen in the seat in front of you but they were showing everyone the same movie at the same time uh-huh. right they're like on this evening's flight we'll be watching basic instinct obviously they would never show that on a flight <laughs> but uh, you know on this evening's flight we'll be watching patch adams um family friendly yeah but now literally watch whatever you want almost all flights seem to have it especially if you're traveling more than three hours also like here's a question at what point in terms of duration does it really become worth it to be on an airplane like would you rather travel for one hour on a plane or 10 hours in a car I mean, an hour flight. Really? Yeah, because then it's like you have the whole day. But do you? Because there's <laughs> the, like, getting to the airport, going through security, getting on the flight, getting off the flight, getting on another cab, getting... You know, it's like, you've taken a one-hour flight, but really it's five hours of your life. Well... It's better than ten, I guess. Yeah, also I don't have a car, so then it's like you're renting the car, oh, and, like, oh, that's all, okay. you know. Because in my mind, like... Yes, to to travel to California or, like, Europe or wherever, obviously, like, great, plane is going to be, like, our best bet. Yeah. But sometimes, if I'm traveling for two hours on a plane, I'm like, I would much have rather been on a train for 16 hours. You know, almost there's something about it that's just, like, feels psychologically easier. Yeah. You're not leaving the earth in a can, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you ever have anxiety about, like rocketing through space in a tube yeah turbulence you're like well that's it yep have you ever been on a flight where you're like it's over i remember one time i maybe it was like coming back from chicago or something it was some kind of pam trip and davison was on my flight but i think the rest of the group wasn't but we were sitting pretty far apart and it was like the scariest turbulence ever and we're like oh, well. yeah we saw each other afterwards and we were like oh my god you made it <laughs> i feel like they used to, I don't know if they still do this, but sometimes big ballet companies will, like, divide up into two flights. Just you know, in case. In case. Ah! You might lose half. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've definitely been through some turbulence where I've been like, and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> so, good night, world. Wow. I'm haunted by the, by the idea of being on the 9-11 flights. I'm sure, like, it's not a great thing to, like... Um, into it to like imagine yourself into that scenario yeah it's bad but it's it's really horrific it's terrible i was like watching some of the i started watching the netflix documentary and i watched the I, long island medium special i can't do that Whew. i can't do it um okay where Re- are we? well never mind what what doesn't matter 9-11 I, i'm not gonna go there where was i yeah. <laughs> i was in i was in columbus ohio it was my first season with Ballet Met, and at the time, I lived in my own little studio apartment. I was 20 years old, and every day I would wake up and turn on the television, and I'd watch a little bit of the Today Show while I got ready for work, like make my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, whatever, have cereal for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And that particular morning, I was also, I mean, a side note. Every day when I left my apartment, I'd put in a VHS blank tape and tape record. Um, oh. I'd program my VCR to tape record the Rosie O'Donnell show and Martha Stewart. Amazing. Yeah, every day. And then I'd switch to Ellen, still doing it. <laughs> so, um, 
I woke up that morning and turned on the Today Show. And when I turned it on, Katie Couric and Matt Lauer were like, oh, like, we've just gotten word that, like, this strange thing has happened, which is that, like, a plane accidentally has crashed into, a, you know, one of the trade towers downtown in New York. And they, like, t took a camera that we could see footage of, like, the smoke. And all you could see was just smoke coming out of the towers. So it was a little, like, unclear about, like, what the scenario could really be. Because yeah. you're thinking, like, plane. Like, whoopsie. A plane. Like, how big could it be? Right? And then, like, literally, I must have been three minutes after I turned on the television, we watched the other plane literally live crash in. And then Matt Lauer and Katie Kirk were speechless for, like, a while. And then they were like, um, okay, so this seems to be some kind of uh, attack. And then watched unfold, called my friend... I think I called my mom. Yeah. I called called my friend Natalie, who was in the company, and I was like, what? Are we going to work? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, what's happening? This is not business as usual. And so we went to work. Everyone was just, like, eyes on the television. Like, what's going to happen? We had class. We had rehearsal for Coppelia. Literally. There was a scene in Coppelia where, like, the doctor's uh, factory explodes and, like, smoke billows out. And so they had to change that to just, like, some springs flying out the window or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. I was like, why are we doing this? I was like, this is, let's go home. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was my experience. What were you doing? <laughs> I was in eighth grade. Okay. And so I was in algebra class. And then my teacher was like, guys, you have to come in. We went to the art room. Oh, because, like, school starts early. Like, we're talking eight. Yeah, I guess. Okay, wow. It was early. Because um, I think it happened at nine-something. Yep. We were listening to it on the radio. And Bush was in Sarasota. So it was, oh, like, shit. it was kind of, like, this feeling of, like, oh, these planes are kind of, like, popping up everywhere, and, like, maybe they're going to come this way. Or, I don't remember being scared about that. But I th we stayed we stayed through school just like kept going through class and then I, went, I remember when I went home it was like the first time I saw my dad cry <gasps> because he he was like a volunteer during the Oklahoma City bombing like identifying like bodies because he worked in the radiology department in the hospital and oh, it was wow. like just kind of like flashback I think oh wow it was intense was he just like crying for a while yeah I didn't I just had never seen him cry what was it like <laughs> Was it like, was it like <laughs> sobbing? Like, what was it? Was it, was there sound to it? There, I think he was having a hard time getting words out. Okay. Like, yeah. So you saw wet eye. Yeah. Wow. It was intense. I was. At the age of 13. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've never seen my dad cry. Um, I, I do, my dad was literally running uptown. Wow. Yeah. From the like ashes. But I, I wasn't, I didn't really feel, like, the full effect or, like, the gravity of the situation until I was back in New York for the first time since it had happened. I was, it was like, a, a, a break from the ballet company, so it must have been January. And I probably came into the city to see friends, and I remember, like, going past a fire station or maybe even one of the ones downtown near where I grew up. Because my brother was obsessed with the firemen, and they'd always, like, let him crawl around on the fire trucks and stuff. And it just had, like, their pictures and names up, and it was, like, all of them. 
Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like... Oh, wow. It wasn't it was like, like... the whole... Oh, yeah. It wasn't like two of our firefighters were lost. It was like 15. Wow. Because all the downtown firefighters perished. Right. Like, because they were the first ones there. They were gone. Yeah. And I remember just being like weeping, like walking down the street, just like thinking about these firemen. It was so sad. Anyway, it's beautiful conversation for dance and stuff. <laughs> So sorry. I, hope I knew I wasn't supposed yeah, to go there. I hope everyone's having fun. <laughs> this is about air travel, after all. Um, have you ever flown first class? Um, once I got upgraded for free. What was the trip? It was, um, I think I was going to Bates, Maine. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I was flying what, to my friend Allie to the Bates Dance Festival You're like, from Florida. Oh, that's pretty good. That's, yeah. I thought you were talking about from New York. I was like, <laughs> one and a half hours. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good. It's exciting. And and was it like so? It was like, sort of local domestic first class. So you you got yeah. a wider seat. Yeah, I feel like we got more snacks. They brought you champagne. Champagne. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So I've only I've flown first class one time. Yeah. I think they're calling it business class now. I think first class has been done away with, unless you're maybe in like, Emirates Airlines, where like obviously. They're not trying to. They're not trying to like be woke at Emirates. <laughs> And um, what's the rest called? What's the rest called? Like coach or whatever. Oh, is there steerage? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have enough weight on the plane to fly this exactly. thing. <laughs> They're like, the baggage in the back will be serving you slop today. Um, no, so I... I mean, I've, I fly very comfortably no matter what. Like, I, I fall asleep. Yeah, you're good at that. Really good. I will sit down in, like, the most cramped quarters and just be like, good night. I can't sleep on a plane. That's horrific. Like, maybe ten minutes. No. It's terrible. No, I'll pass out. I'll be like, are we here? Like, plane, wheels down. <laughs> Literally, I'll be woken up by the jerk of wheels down, you know. But, um, I'd never flown first class until Australia. And if you're going to fly first class anywhere, that's that's, a, that's it. it. Longest flight you yeah. can take. First class. Couldn't believe it. But to be honest, yes, it was really novel. Yes, I was like a child where I spent a long time just like touching all the buttons. Because, you know, there's so many more buttons to touch when you're in that kind of first class. To like recline or... Oh, Maggie. I'm like, tell me about it. Oh, do you want to know? <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you. So like... You got like uh, a bidet up there? <laughs> basically, I mean, for a while, like I didn't... I didn't I don't know that I talked about it on the podcast because, like, it just is... I'm embarrassed. But, you know, it's not my fault. They flew us to Australia first class. So, it was... I think it was it was Delta. And it was... Um, there was a flight to California and then a flight to Australia. And the flight to California was nice, right? You get, like, a big seat and you have a big screen and your chair can recline to all the way, like, laying down, basically. And, um, you know, they put down a linen for dinner and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's also not, like, it doesn't feel that novel. But you do feel like, oh, this is my special space. Yeah. And it's not connected to anyone else's seat. You're not, like, like, fighting for the armrest. No, and I was at on one of the aisle seats, so you're by yourself. Like, if you're in a center seat, you do, you are beside another person. And I was like, no. So it was nice. And then, you know, I'd see, I'd seen it because you walk past it, you know, when you go to steerage. So I'd seen that kind of first class before, but the flight to Australia, that's the kind where like you turn left, you know what I mean? Instead In of turning, the seat? 
No, no, no. Oh. When you board the plane, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Welcome. Yeah. Right this way. Turn left. Wow. Right. Instead of turning right. Because that's the first class where the other people don't see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to the part where the kind of plane, some of them have like a second level where you get to go up the stairs and this wasn't that. Whoa. This was turn left. So you say <laughs> right this way. Now, this is the kind of flight where they know your name. You know what I mean? And they're like, hello. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember if they like ask your name. You tell them your name. They know where you're sitting. They like, they have your whole thing planned out. Your experience. So they seat you in your place. It's a, it's essentially a stall. It's a room. Like you have a pocket door, right? So the door doesn't go all the way up to the ceiling on this particular flight, but you can pull the door and have it closed and then like go to sleep and like not see anything else, right? Except out the window or if you turn to your other side, you see the little wall. And so the controls for the seat are that you can recline, but you can also lay down all the way flat. But that means you're basically in a coffin, for me. Yeah, I get a little claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like, you descend into this, like, bucket in front of you that, like, goes quite deep, right? It goes far, so that you can basically be, like, laid out like a corpse. On the floor. In the morgue, right? Yeah, you're kind of on the floor. And for Pam, like, I remember getting up and, like, seeing Pam, and she looked so, like, small in her unit, <laughs> and, like, she was fully laying down, like, asleep, and I was like, oh, wow. Because for me, I was like, I'm trapped. Yeah, you're, like, hitting the wall on both sides. Absolutely, like, I had to have my feet flexed, you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> so, but the incredible thing is that, like, from the very beginning of the flight, you don't feel like you have all those restrictions on you, where they're, like, please don't have your tray tables out, like, you may only recline once we're at 10,000 feet. You know, like, you feel like, oh, I have the privilege of, like, doing what I want. Mm. And they have gifts for you, right? So they have a, they have, for, on this particular flight, they had, like, a little daub kit that had, like, um, Aesop facial mist and, um, really nice lip balm and eye mask and slippers and toothpaste and toothbrush and, like, all these things, like, to freshen up in the middle of the flight. Now they also had, um, it's complicated because with all the controls for the lights, so there's like, there's like decorative lights under everything that can like, I can't remember what anybody like Disco that. lights. Basically, <laughs> literally, they call them like console lights or something. And they're like, this one controls your console lights. And that just like turns down all the like decorative weirdo lights that are like underneath ledges and stuff. Um, there's all kinds of storage places to put your stuff, which is wonderful. Tables, like when they come and serve you meals, they set out linens. The menu is much more extensive. It's like being at a restaurant. You can choose. You choose. It's not chicken or fish. It's definitely not chicken. I mean, it's essentially chicken or fish, but it's like <laughs> nicer. Yeah. And um, they always bring you around delicious snacks. They're always asking you, like, can I bring you some more wine? I mean, I don't drink, so I didn't get that, but... Um, Oh, it was, that part of it's nice. The service is great. The care. But I have to say, like, I don't know. Like, as long as there's a TV screen in front of me, like... You'll sleep anyway. I'm like a baby. I'm happy <laughs> to just, like, watch ten hours of movies. So anyways, that's first class. That sounds nice. 
You'll get it one day. One You'll day. Get it, Maggie. Yeah. I'll know I made it when I, when I fly first class one yeah. day. Are you a person who collects miles? I do. You've been good about it. Yeah. Wow. I haven't been flying that much, I guess, in the last few years, but... I'm impressed. Yeah. I have, like, my Delta and my JetBlue. That's one of my big regrets, is that I've been very haphazard about miles, and I don't know where they are, and I haven't really cashed in on them, and I, yeah. you know, if I'd been good about it, I think I would be going into lounges. I'm sure. Right? <laughs> I did get to go into a lounge when I flew first class Australia style, and they're just food, like full hot meals that you can just have wow. in a buffet. I, that was the part that blew my mind. I was like, I can just eat this food. For I free. Can, I can have it. <laughs> yes, you can just have it. Yeah. Um, okay, the air travel. Did we do it? Are we done with air travel? Is there anything else you'd like to say? I think we did it. Do you feel sick when you fly? Do your ankles get swollen? Do you wear compression garments? I don't. Only a couple of times it's been like, oh, can't put my shoes back on. Oh, my... I'm almost at, on the edge of, like, splitting shoelaces by the time the <laughs> flight lands if I don't take my shoes off. <laughs> Absolutely explosive feet. Do you put the AC on? I always shut my air vents. You the know, circulation kind of weirds me out. When I was young, I was obsessed with having the blower on, that, like, weird tube blower yeah um i just like the feeling of like having it blow my hair and just like feeling cooler but in recent years like it dries you out like in this really intense way and I, i'm more sensitive to feeling dry not dried out lately yeah we're, we're drying out we're getting we're older literally so now <laughs> you're like one drop literally get off the plane and like your lines are deeper <laughs> you can't talk your hair is like literally static electricity city, you know. So, yeah, it, it's changed. Oh, oh, I have a good, I have a good saucy question. Have you, have you, um, are you a what's that called? Mile High Club? <laughs> I'm not. You're not. Yeah, I'm not either. Not even remotely. <laughs> not even remotely. Which is sad. Um, have you ever been sick on the plane? No. No. Never a barf bag. Never a barf I've bag. I've never utilized the barf bag either, but I'm sure I've had diarrhea on the plane. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I've definitely, like, had my period on the plane. Like, got my period on the plane. Beautiful. That's yeah. fun. Fun. So fun. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever been, like, in uncomfortable situations where someone's squashed you in your seat because they're maybe too big for the seat beside you? Sure. Or I definitely, like, one time... St- sat next to this guy and he he must have had like eight bloody marys next to oh, me no. and was just chatting chatting no no, chatting. no 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 that's a huge no no for me is to be talked to by a neighbor on the flight have you ever seen the movie home for the holidays with holly hunter i don't think so it's a another um, must-see movie for our listeners um last week i i insisted that everybody watch um death becomes her and something else can't recall but another must-see movie is whatever I just said, Home for the Holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in Home for the Holidays, there's a scene where she's doing that classic thing where you get on an airplane, you go visit your parents, and she's in the middle seat, and there's a woman next to her eating hard-boiled eggs Oh, that she's cracking and munching, oh, it's, and salting yeah. and talking to her nonstop. Those were the days where there was that phone that's, that's in the center seat that you unclick and then you swipe your credit card or whatever and then yeah. you can call I feel like some planes still have that is that true? I don't know I haven't seen them in a while but 
planes all now seem to have Wi-Fi, which I think is a big shame. And it never works. It's never good. But I <laughs> liked it when, like, getting on a plane meant, like, you can't. Like, cell phone no work at all. But now, it's like people can be on their phones on the plane. Yeah. Which is a tragedy. The one place it didn't work. Anyways. Remember when you couldn't use your phone on the trains? You still can't. Well, only at certain stops. I mean, like, once but, you But, like, get really, like, before it was, like, you would go downstairs, and it was, like, okay, over. yeah, don't oh, have yeah. my phone until I get out wherever, I go. in an hour. Were you in the city for that big blackout? No. It was in the summer. It was, like, I wasn't here. What year was it? I don't know. I don't know where I was. I was on tour, I think. But there was this huge blackout in the city where there was just, like, no power for, like, three days. <sighs> Can you imagine? In the summer. Yeah, no. But the people who were on the subway during the moment of the blackout, because my friend Tiffany was, you know Tiffany from our Guggenheim show. Oh, yeah. They had to, like, open the doors of the train, right? Or step out. Maybe they stepped out through the interior doors, and they had to, like, walk along the side. I'm sure they were being instructed by, like, MTA. And they were using their cell phones as flashlights to, like, make their way through the tunnels disgusting that's like such an adventure (laughs) i would love a tour of like the mole people's um residences do you think those still exist probably i love the idea i wouldn't want to do it myself but i would i would watch a movie about it no i want a guided tour (laughs) i want a guided tour or you wouldn't actually go no i don't think i could go down there is a movie about it maggie what is it look just look up mole people movie okay look up mole people movie it's fascinating um, anything else you need to, t- oh, tell about your business now. And so people can come and get s- services. Yeah. I'm an acupuncturist. I'm working at Olo Acupuncture and I'm there on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Oh, that's a lot. I thought you just used to be somewhere on Thursdays. Is that when you do your personal thing? Yeah. I combined it all. Now I'm just at Olo. Oh my God. While I went back to school. Incredible. Yeah. And so you can also go on your website and find out this stuff. Um, you can go to oloacupuncture.com. Oh, you're not, you didn't used to have cloud? I did. Does it still exist? <laughs> I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> it's not updated. Don't go to her website. <laughs> Don't go to the website. Yeah. I wanted to see how school How do you felt. spell Olo? O-L-O. Oh, Olo. 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 And where are the offices? It's on 23rd Street between 6th and 7th Avenue. Oh, so it's Avenue. really close. Is it the same place? Um, it's not the same place, oh. but it's, it's close. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you were on like 28th before, right? Yes. 23rd. 23rd. Super convenient. Wow. Affordable. Community acupuncture prices, even though we're doing privates now. Oh. So it's a good deal. Also, Maggie's an incredible acupuncturist, and she's helped me. <laughs> Thanks, Reed. And she helps a lot of people. She helps Pam. She helps Stuart. Who else do you help? I can't say that, but you can. Have I you guess. helped Stuart? HIPAA. Oh, you can't say. I'm not supposed to say. Oh, really? You can't, like, toot your horn? No. Oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. I thought, like, everyone nowadays just had to toot their horn. Well, it's just, like, you know, patient confidentiality. <gasps> oh, you can't say the name of the patient. But you can I say, can't. like, I'm good, and I have, and you could say, like, anonymous says, I helped them. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, I will tell you that I've heard from her famous dance clientele that she does a good <laughs> job. Um, are there shows coming up that we want to recommend? New York City Ballets in season. I haven't gone. Mariah's Things this week. Mariah's Things on Friday. You could be her muse. 
sign up to be her muse. Mariah Tell- Evans. It's called like Muse. Be my muse. Be my muse. Maybe. Um, they won't hear this until Friday, so good luck. Yeah. Um, if, <laughs> if you get up at three in the morning and hear this, then you might be able to go. Yeah. Um. Anything else? I don't know what else. I don't either. I saw Shang Chi. I think I already told the listeners. It's incredible. Movie. Yeah, Marvel. Yeah. And. Are there any movies? Oh, oh, everybody watch Love on the Spectrum. There's a new season out. Everybody watch um, new Great British Baking Show. And I started the show on Apple TV called Foundation, which I'm not sure about yet. But I'll keep you posted if I like it or not. But I do. So it's one of these like space fantasy shows, like about like a world that we're not from. And like Dune. Dune's coming out in October, by the way. Timothy Chalamet. You seem so disinterested and confused simultaneous. Um, but anyways, foundation, the premise is that the world, you know, there's, um, a magistrate or something that's like in charge of this one part of the, the galaxy that's led by this dynasty of, of men that are called day, dawn, and dusk. Those Mm -hmm. are their names, but they're just these three, one's a little boy, one's like my age, and one is an old man and then you learn pretty quickly that they're just clones of one another and they rule in tandem so one's like being trained one is in his prime and one is sort of like the wisdom on his way out it's the life cycle and then they're just make another one when the other one comes of age you know so they're just like constantly cycling through just the same person they'll run out of times of day though Dawn day dusk, but as there's a, believe me, <laughs> dusk is gonna die. Twilight. Exactly. When dusk dies, then day is dusk. Oh. Yeah, and then they'll need a new dawn. Oh. Yeah, so they'll like somehow incubate a new dawn. Anyways, I'm sort of interested. There's beautiful people in it, and some of the costumes are nice. I think that I've decided, if anyone from Hollywood's listening, that I'd like to design fantasy movies, and I'd be willing to assist someone. You'd be amazing. Really? Yeah. For fantasy movies? Yeah. Right? Okay. I agree. Uh, Harry and I were, you know, when um, Raised by Wolves came out, did you see that show? I watched that. Literally, I watched an episode, I was like, Reed and Harry designed their show. I was like, <laughs> I designed this. I don't understand. Like, the, how, like, bodysuit. Yeah. The vinyl like, bodysuits. Yeah. I was like, I designed the show. I was like, I literally saw how I would design space. <laughs> Anyways, if you in Hollywood have a job for me... And Harriet, please call us at our website. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure my phone number is easily accessible online, to be honest. TBH. Anyways, also, thank you, Bally Austin. I had a wonderful time. Um, And thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for the beautiful shows. Um, I wish I had been able to take an overnight Amtrak to Texas. (laughs) 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 I did almost have, like, a total nervous breakdown like oh it wasn't even about airport I was trying to uh, well a little bit I was on when you go to Newark Air, sorry everybody I'm so so sorry I'm just gonna <laughs> tell this story you're gonna want to kill me I was going to Newark Airport from Newark Airport to home and the way you do it is you get on the air train you get to the New Jersey Transit transfer you get on a New Jersey, New Jersey Transit that goes straight to Penn Station and the train was coming five minutes after I got there, which was incredible. So I get on the New Jersey, New Jersey Transit train, 
And then it just starts doing this thing where it stops in between stops for a long time. And I'm thinking, I, I mean, I always have this, I always want to scream it out loud when I'm on a train where I'm like, there's no such thing as traffic on trains, right? <laughs> there is no such thing as traffic on trains because oftentimes the announcer will come on and say, we're delayed because of train traffic ahead. I'm like, literally it's impossible. There's no <laughs> such thing. I don't know, especially if you've waited like 10 to 15 minutes for a train, you're like, there's no traffic ahead. Yeah, I know for a fact. I know for a fact. <laughs> there are many, many, many minutes ahead of this train of nothing, literal nothing. So anyways, that flip, flipped me out. And then I, Stuart invited me over. I go to get on the F train on a Sunday. It says, train will arrive in 13 minutes. I say, that's like just on the edge of where I'll turn around and just <laughs> say, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Right? <laughs> yeah, 20, definitely not. It'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm going home. Yeah. Thank you for the offer. You can't go. So I'm down on the train, it says 13 minutes. I wait 13 minutes and then some. We're talking 16, 17 minutes. Train finally comes, snail's pace between stations. I'm like, I, how dare you? This is with rage, full of rage. I'm like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to rage at the MTA. And I feel like I've had a pretty good run of no rage at the MTA. It's hard some days. The MTA was exceptional when people were scared to ride it during COVID. I miss it. And now people are no fear. It's full, like, rush hour crowd now. Full rush hour. Someone's smoking in the car. Someone's pants are down. Someone's soliciting money. There's a person doing their, like, weird floating rings dance, which I love. But, you know, it's hard. I love a good, if there's a good subway performer, I'll give them money. I think I just won five to ten dollars the other day because I didn't have any ones. That's so nice. I know. Neither day. The other day, this incredible man came down, and he had a saxophone, and I could tell it was like a fancy saxophone that had had like some, um, like modifications. It had been like souped up. He started playing what was like John Cage, right? It was just like <laughs> tone big pause some air like <laughs> and then like <laughs> and I was like this is incredible I was like this person is conceptual saxophone player it was jazz for sure but it was so weird and I definitely gave him money Ugh. anyways New York is good right even though yeah. it's awful it's it's great we love it and it's, it's hard yeah it's hideous amazing Anyways, well, Maggie, thanks for coming on for a first slash second time, in my mind. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> Did you have fun? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. How long do you think it's been? Should I guess? Yeah, guess. I, I feel can like see. it's been over an hour. Guess. The, guess the number. Uh, it's been like 105. Wow. You've really had a good time because it's been 130. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel deeply flattered that you were 25 minutes off. Yeah, time Can you imagine flies. if you've been like, it's probably been two and a half hours. <laughs> I feel like we've been here all night. Yeah. Okay, bye everybody. We're going to have dessert. We loves you. We Anna. loves you. We'll let you know when Maggie dances again in our next Guggenheim show. Yes. Okay, bye. Bye.